wasn't ready at all. <laughs> well, what's your name? Hello there, my name's Richard Plutel. And my name's Liz Walker. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Bake Canadian Takeoff, a podcast about the Great Canadian Baking Show. It is French Patisserie Week here on the Great Canadian Baking Show. Bon. Podcast. Bon. 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 I know. I know. Pas de bon. Bon. Ah bon. bon. <laughs> um, have you ever been to France? Uh, I've been to France. I went to France uh, this year. Uh, we did a little whirlwind tour of Europe for a, uh, a Berlin wedding. Wedding. Did you uh, go into summer. a patisserie? We did go into a patisserie. We got some macaroons, just as uh, macarons, macarons, Macron. not the coconut kind, the fancy kind, uh, just right. before they were closing. Nice. Uh, they did. They had like uh, just beautiful glass cases full of chocolate confections, and I didn't see a croquembouche, but I did see a lot of very fancy-looking confections. Mm, I have never been to France. It's pretty good. I recommend it. Yeah, I hear, it's, uh, that. I hear every, that. Everyone there, everyone there is very French. Um, mm. About no word of a lie. About one in fifty people you would run into on the street were carrying a baguette. Um, <laughs> people smoke. People have like street corner makeouts, and everyone is red wine drunk after six o'clock. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't get to go to um, Paris. But I do have to say that we have an excellent patisserie in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah? Yes. It's called Monquet. And it is a French patisserie run by Japanese people. Oh. And they do just the most amazing stuff. And they have, like, they have a clientele which is devoted. And I've been in there at Christmas time where they have all these, like... um, Japanese people who live in Toronto who are going and placing orders for like Christmas Eve patisserie stuff. And there's just a steady line of them just going. And I was like, you guys know something I don't know. Mm-hmm. These guys are amazing. Yeah. So, what do you get there? Yeah. Um, oh my God. Like to call it a Danish is uh, a, a complete it's completely demeaning. It is. It is. It is a work of art. It is beautiful. It's glossy pastry that is full of like pistachios or or like or like um, cream and raspberries. And they make phenomenal uh, croissants. Um, their baguettes are beautiful. They make. Uh, they'll make a tower of macaron for you. Mm. They make a yuzu macaron, which I guess Ooh. the yuzu is like yeah, right? Like they just like amazing. And they also it's make, a citrus fruit, right? It's a it's a it's a citrus fruit that is you see it in Japanese cooking, but you don't really see it outside of it. Um, they also make this Hokkaido milk bread, which uses um, like a a shoe like a pre like a cooked. You make like a I don't even know I can't remember what the word for it is, but you um, you actually wind up cooking some of the flour kind of like you do with a shoe and then you incorporate that cooked flour into the rest of your dough and you wind up with it's got a very like feathery oh. texture it's gorgeous yeah that'd be all, it's such that'd a be all like gloopy yeah yeah no it's a, it's an amazing technique and it produces a super soft sweet big bread that is yeah Hokkaido milk bread there's a catering kitchen coffee shop in Parkdale that I go to called uh, 
the Tempered Room, uh, and they do very nice pastries there. Um, they have a. I have I have this theory. Let me tell you about my theory. What kind of a theory? Uh, it's a theory about flavors. It's a theory about tastes. Um, uh-huh. It's you do, you know pina colada flavor that yeah. does not actually taste much like a pina colada. No, and when you, know, you have like, a real pina colada, it's amazing. Yeah, and you know, like yeah. grape grape flavor doesn't actually taste much like grape. Or cherry. Or cherry. Um, no. Or those blue raspberry flavors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have this theory that you like if you try the real thing first, if you have a real pina colada, and then you have the pina colada flavored thing, like it's enough like the thing to remind you of it so that you have the experience again. Right. But if you just have the flavor first, it doesn't taste as good. Anyway, the tempered room has almond croissants, and I mm. feel like I've been chasing an almond croissant my whole life. It's always uh. a disappointing, hard, unpleasant thing, but these are okay. these are beautiful they're sugary and lovely mm. almond flavored thing I, I i it's it's the almond croissant i'd always dreamed of but never had oh nice can i uh, can um, i throw in a, a little france story it's not super germane but it's kind of funny yes always uh, always we uh we left uh we left my stepson in the room one evening when we were in paris and we went out to go get uh just a little snack because we were on vacation and we wanted to uh just go out hang out and be in a cafe uh, yeah. So we did that. We sat down and we got uh, a couple of glasses of red wine. Uh, this was a place recommended by our Airbnb host. Uh, and when I'm on vacation, I'm always scared of getting rooked. I'm always scared of being uh, picked out as the gullible tourist and mm-hmm. and getting cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sit down and we're going through the menu and they have roulettes. And roulettes. I, I know what roulettes are. Roulettes are... Uh, pork or something that's kind of cooked in its own fat and then kind of cooled. You made them. You made a. You made, made them the once. first time I had them. That's uh, right. Out of the Anthony Bourdain cookbook. Yep. Now they were really good. Ago. So mm. I know what roulettes are. So I order that, <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> the waiter looks at the two of us mm-hmm. and says, "That's it." And I say, "Yes." <gasps> And he says, just one? And I say, yes. And he goes inside. And a little while later, he comes out with a little plate. And on this plate is a single thin piece of salami cut into quarters with some croutons. This, these, these, this, The roulettes on the menu were like, were like 12 euros. Which is like, oh my like God. $18, maybe a bit more. Uh-huh. And and, and um, that was what you got. You got this little... And, and little I'm like, oh, no, oh no, I got... I, it happened. I got rooked. I got like this. I thought I knew what roulettes were, but I didn't. And I got, I uh-huh. got little four corners of salon. And then he actually came out with the roulettes. That was just like a little free appetizer that they give you because they just give you free food when you go to a restaurant. And uh. roulettes were exactly what I thought they would be. And they were great. <laughs> there was plenty of it there. But like just for like five minutes, we were just sitting there when we were like oh no 18 euros (laughs) um amazing i i have a story that's comparable um (laughs) we'll get to the show in a second so i was in brazil (laughs) 
I was in Brazil with my husband on our honeymoon, and when you're in, this was a, a, a long, long time ago, um, and everywhere we went in Brazil, there were these cashew sellers, and they would walk around, they had these great big bags of cashews on their heads, that they would walk, like, balanced on their heads, and they would come, if you were at a cafe, they would come to the cafe, and they would put out this little square of paper with, like, a couple of little nuts on it. And so the first time this happens, like this guy walks by and he puts out a thing. And I was like, I, I, I didn't really know what was going on. And I just started eating them because this man put them in front of me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe tells you something about me. <laughs> also, that in a contextless situation, I'll just put food into my mouth if somebody hands it to me. Anyway, and he comes back and he starts to talk to us in Portuguese. We have no idea what he's saying, but he clearly wants us to like pay him money. And we're like, but we don't want any nuts. And he's like, but you, <laughs> and like, eventually we figured out, we talked to other people and we saw this borne out over the course of our trip is that like they, the, the, the nut sellers would put it on your plate and you, or on your table. You would just ignore it if you don't want it. And then they'll come by and they'll take the little plate of, they'll take the little paper of nuts away. Right. But if you do want it, then you eat them and then they'll put down like a warm cone of the nuts. Ah. Yeah. And they'd be like, Oh, well, here you go. And this whole thing cost like four hay eyes or something. It was ridiculous. It was very cheap. So I just didn't want the I didn't want the cashews at that moment. But it right. was just you know you're you're in a foreign country and you're just, you're there. You want to be cool. Yeah. I wanted to not stand out. I just wanted to watch and enjoy and feel like I was taking in part of the Brazilian moment. And then I just made an ass out of myself <laughs> by eating this man's cashews. No, no, it was a misunderstanding. He got mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We should get to the show. Let's talk about the baking show. Before we talk about this week's show, let's talk about last week's show. (laughs) Did you you see Terry's, uh, the gingerbread house she wanted to do on Twitter? Yes. That was pretty good. That's that's the vindication gingerbread. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It was very nice. Can I go back and say a of few course, things yeah, about yeah, the gingerbread? Yeah. <laughs> um, so last week I felt a little self-conscious about ripping on the gingerbread houses mm-hmm. of the contestants. I felt that I was making a bit of an incoherent argument. I was, I was on the one hand, I was saying that like Linda's looked so splendid, but of course she had candies on it. It was like like. It was a gingerbread house, which means it was elaborate and it was it was practically embroidered with stuff. And then I was and then I was sort of grousing on on Vandana's because Vandana had like store bought candies in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I saw and then I saw the link to the modernist gingerbread houses, Mm -hmm. which were just like Frank Lloyd Wright kind of business. Like Mm -hmm. I was and then I and then I just felt. I felt like Liz. You know nothing about gingerbread. <laughs> you you don't, are not you up don't, to date with modern gingerbread house trends. You do not. Yeah. Have you been? Have you been subscribing to Gingerbread Digest? I don't think you have. No. No. So they were just amazing. We'll have to put a link in to this uh, to the show notes. Yes. To the to the modernist gingerbreads or googled modernist gingerbread houses because the people of 
Uh, Scandinavia are doing some amazing stuff <laughs> with gingerbread. <laughs> it's amazing. That is the best sentence I've ever heard. That's like a line from like a like an early Woody Allen movie party scene. <laughs> like just you just hear it. Just someone as, in the background. He's, yeah. He's walking by to to go hit on an eighteen year old. Yes. Eighteen. <laughs> So, in between uh, the la- the last uh, taping of our podcast and this episode, uh, a huge scandal has broken in the baking show world. Mm-hmm. It's Fudgegate. Um, <laughs> as I was putting the, uh, if you remember last uh, last episode of the great Canadian baking show, uh, Linda episode dropped episode six holiday episode week. Six holiday week. Linda was dropping fudges all over the place. Fudge bombs. Uh, and as I went back to try and uh, get the clips of her saying fudge to put in our uh, our show, I discovered that they were all the same fudge, Liz. Mm. They used audio editing and camera trickery to make it look like something happened that didn't happen on this reality TV show. <laughs> hey, I'm shocked. I am shocked and appalled. Hey, the uh, the Great American Baking Show got canceled. Ah, what happened there? Uh, one of the hosts has been accused of misconduct. And that sucks for all the bakers. One of the bakers had to leave the first season because of a medical emergency and got to come back for the second season. And now the second <gasps> season's been canceled too. Oh. Yeah. They're on their, they're on their third season, hey? Is that it? Or third, third season. Yeah, season? the current season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, current season yeah. canceled it's, after two uh... episodes. That's a, that's a lot of money down the drain. Yep. I don't I don't understand why uh, why can't this host um, or was he was it the host or was it a judge? Uh, it was a judge. Why can't the judge uh, stick to what uh, the judge is supposed to be doing, which is uh, judging baked goods? It's a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question. I suppose part of his upbringing and sort of innate nature versus nature arguments. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, he's not even that big of a star. He's not, you're, you're not even, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're the judge on a, on a baking show. You're not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you think Some you are doubt. harassing these women? <laughs> they I think you're president. <laughs> uh, the signature bake that we opened with this week was a millefeuille. Yes. Which is a puff pastry, which has uh, got uh, a thousand layers, and uh, not really, and then you stuff it with layers you layer in cream and fruit or other stuff as the case may be and and then mm-hmm. you have these like weird little kind of cakes they're kind of ca- not i don't know i've never had one uh i've had like the bad version of it from like a grocery store uh thing it was mm. uh, actually a favorite of mine as a child a little a little damp yeah a little a uh, little custardy pastry little puff pastry guy mm. uh, yeah. have you ever made puff pastry uh, I have not. No, I bought How a lot you? of puff pastry. I'm with James here. I've bought a lot of puff pastry. I've never made puff pastry. Yeah, I know. 
that one isn't that one was new to me and it looked kind of horrible the way that they had to like make this great big slab and then cut the slab up really super carefully Mm -hmm. and of course the problem is that like if it's even slightly slightly overbaked if it's slightly too crisp then the thing just shatters right but if it's underbaked which was everyone's problem Mm -hmm. then well that's your problem your problem is that it's underbaked yeah Yeah, Yeah, i really didn't feel like i didn't feel like anybody kind of pulled it off this week no, no, signature. nobody really pulled off the signature. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so let's see. Um, Linda had like a raspberry and white chocolate, and she was experimenting with some cardamom flavors. Yep. James uh, had a strawberry and basil and blackberry, blackberry balsamic. balsamic. Yep. Yeah. Sabrina uh, had a strawberry pistachio mango coconut. And <laughs> I didn't really catch how to say this, but Vandana had like a roux. Ruafsa? Ruafsa, yeah. Ruafsa, which is a syrup. I think you make a drink out of it. It's a summer Mm -hmm. drink that you mix with like milk or or, like cold water. And it's an Indian treat. I've actually seen it. I've seen bottles of it in the grocery store. And she had something else with raspberries. I don't remember. Raspberry and lemon cream, I think. There we go. And yeah, James's was particularly messy looking. It was. Linda and Vandana's piping looked really good. It looked very, mm. very neat, very neat little uh, blobs of filling to me. Well, you know, and it was, it's French patisserie week, so everything, I felt like, everything had to look super elegant. And yeah. that's all about the piping again, yep. right? Like, their piping has to be splendid looking. Mm-hmm. The French are not a messy people. No, no. Not in their baking. Not in their baking. No. Maybe their hair is must. (laughs) Their hair always looks like they just rolled out of bed. At least that's what I'd like to think. The parking lots. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Very uh, very very arbitrary parkers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shall we say anything more about the uh, the signature, uh, signature bake? No, I kind of felt like it wasn't. It did kind. Of, it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. And and I'm talking about the bank. <laughs> I'm not yeah, even talking seemed, about it, us discussing the bank. I kind of felt it, seemed, it was like a man. <laughs> it seemed difficult for everybody. It seemed like a very yeah. all of the all of the items in French Patisserie Week are these. Uh, I'm I'm stealing your idea because I saw it in the outline ahead of time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very like assembled, sort of factory things that should be made in professional kitchens in bulk it seems to me oh yeah okay so i decided that i was going to do the croquant bush because i we didn't know which one was going to be the technical challenge and which was Mm going to be the signature and uh so i was like i was like considering the options and i thought oh I, i remembered watching them make the opera cake on British Bake Off, mm-hmm. and 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 based on that, I was like, I'll try the croquant bush. <laughs> I've always wanted to try shoe pastry, so mm-hmm. this was why I was kind of in. I was in for it, and then I'm going through my cookbooks. I have a lot of cookbooks. I've got a lot of baking books, but I didn't have mm-hmm. anything for a croquant bush. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang it. So I go to the library and I find and I'm with my two year old, so she's yelling at me to look at books about ponies or something and I'm trying to very quickly rifle through the baking section at my local library to find something that I can take home Mm -hmm. 
uh, to to use. And I find this great big book, and it's called The Art of French Baking. And it says 350 master recipes. Um, and I, I, and I, I can see on the front, it says choux pastry in addition to all these other things. And I was like, oh, great. And I just, I just take it off the shelf. It's big. It mm-hmm. looks very, it looks magisterial. I take it home. I crack it open. Nothing. There's huh. nothing, nothing. And I, and, and it's, and I, that was the moment when I was just like, that is bad omen. <laughs> this is not a thing that you should be baking at home. <laughs> This is strictly something for professionals to do. Why look, would you even do it? I looked up a lot of uh, recipes and videos for making opera cakes, and um, a lot of them call for this. Uh, oh, it would have been really good if I wrote the names down. But they call for this special kind of flaky crunch uh, layer oh. that you put in there. Oh. Uh, and I, I didn't know what it was, so I Googled it, and it's uh-huh. something you can only get in bulk from restaurant suppliers. Right. Okay. Yeah. There, there you go. Right. Exactly. I mean, this is the, th- so yeah, I was, fe- I was feeling grumpy, grumpy <laughs> about, it, about it. I was just like, because there's a certain amount of like, these are professionals. They went to school. They paid a lot of money. They paid their dues. And then this is what they do. This isn't some lark. This isn't like right. a stunt that they're going to post pictures of on Instagram. This is a job. This is their job. Yeah. Uh, they there 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 might be a union, there might be a guild. There's definitely somebody who's going to fire them if it doesn't work out properly. Like it's there's a whole there's a whole thing, and it is not to be trifled with, <laughs> so to speak. And I just feel like there there are times when I have definitely looked through a cookbook and thought. Ooh, I would love to try and make that. That would be so cool. Like um, croissants. Yep. You know, that's one of those things where, mm-hmm. like, you can buy it in a bakery for, like, two fifty, mm-hmm. Or you can try and make it at home. <laughs> uh, but maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Because maybe it's a weird stunt that you're only doing because you have a lot of time and baby money. Perhaps $80 to spend on babysitting in order to <laughs> spend the day at home making this dumb thing that doesn't work out anyway. Right? And what have I, and what have I proven at the end of the day except that I can't spin sugar. <laughs> right. You know, you, and so yeah, yeah. Do you know the be- uh do you know the book Make the Bread by the Butter? No. Uh it's a 2011 book by uh Jennifer Reese uh and she she I think involuntarily became a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and decided and got the urge to like, well, I'm going to I'm going to cook everything for my family and I'm going to make right. our own ketchup and mayonnaise and cheese and right. yogurt. Uh, and 2011, I think we were still in the age of the, the, the blog you could turn into a book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she like, she went through it and she like found recipes for how to make things like hot dog buns and ketchup and yeah uh, stuff like that. And made like a, made a, made a determination of if it is worth buying or if it is worth making or you should just buy it. Oh, nice. So there was a, there was a deliberate sorting. Yeah. And as the title says, make the bread, but buy the butter. Right. Okay. Uh, well, good. And, it, and mayonnaise yeah. comes down right on the middle. If you if you feel like mm-hmm. it, you should make mayonnaise, but it's fine to buy it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, we're kind of all over the place today. Should we talk? We about are. We, 
<laughs> we really we talk are. a bit about a bit about opera cakes. Uh, yeah, let's talk about opera cakes. So, an opera cake is a multi-layered confection. It's very fancy French patisserie, um, where you make a, a, jaconde a jaconde sponge, which, as we remember from last week, is an almond flour-based sponge. Uh, mm. And James says this is his, his third time making it on the show, so he's got that part down. Third time's uh, the charm. And then you soak that sponge with a coffee liqueur or liquor. Not coffee liqueur, but coffee liquor. Um, and then you sandwich that with a coffee buttercream. And then you write the word opera on the top of it in piping. Opera. Um, I believe the idea was that you would eat it maybe after you've been to the opera or in between the acts of the opera and you've mm -hmm. been there for a really long time and your spirits were starting to fade, but right. you, know, you still have to get into the the fancy coach and you got to go to a salon or a party after the opera. So you mm -hmm. had a slice of opera cake to opera perk you up. Huh. I don't believe that a slice of opera cake would perk you up because well, of all the sugar. It's got a lot of coffee in it. It's got some coffee. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I don't know. It's more of an idea. <laughs> I noticed that when James was making his coffee buttercream that he just dumped some powdered instant coffee into his instead of <gasps> mixing it up first. Uh, really? It, yeah, but it didn't seem to affect uh didn't seem to affect his judging. So that's good. Yeah. I'm surprised. I actually drink instant coffee pretty regularly. And I'm super embarrassed about that. It's fine. It's again, like this. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like it, it, it reminds, reminds you of coffee. coffee. It reminds you of coffee. Yeah. It reminds me of coffee. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's just when the when I when I get out, I get up at like five thirty in the morning. <laughs> so when I finally get myself downstairs, I don't have the energy to make a cup of coffee. <laughs> I have the energy to pour hot water into a cup. Instant coffee is is coffee it's like it's one of those things it's like um like liquid smoke that you think is this crazy chemical manufactured artificial thing but is actually just the thing like to make really? they yeah they make instant coffee out of coffee they i think they like flash dry it in oh, oh, i can't wow. remember if it's very cold or very hot but yeah they like spray coffee into a special very hot or very cold room uh, and you end up with these dry coffee crystals. Oh, neat. And it obviously alters the flavors somewhat, and you get like you don't get the oils, but right. Yeah, it's it's made of coffee. But you can buy it for you can buy a big bottle of it for like five ninety nine. Yep. So, hmm, I didn't know that. All right. And uh, liquid smoke is just uh, they like bird stuff, and they they collect the um the they do smoke. Like... Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever have you ever like um. They talk about like ganache and different like chocolate work. You know, when you're making a chocolate that you want it to be like a shiny chocolate, or if you mm -hmm. want it to be a chocolate that's going to hold things mm -hmm. together, if you're making a chocolate. Have you done any of that stuff? Like, do you? Have you no, ever no, with never. Chocolate? I've made like a few different kinds of frosting, but I've never done any chocolate work. Um, no. Last Christmas, uh, my wife was wanted to make some. Uh, I think it was candy bark, I can't remember, out of white mm -hmm. chocolate. Oh, uh, yeah. And she was melting it down, and she got, like, literally, like, a drop of water in it, and it just turned to a brick. It is so temperamental. It just turned That's into a solid brick. 
instantaneously. Yeah. Very temperamental that, uh, ingredient. Yeah, and that's 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 how I felt about uh, that's how I felt about sugar. By the time I got to the end of the showstopper challenge, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like like there's baking, and then there's all these like para baking elements. Yes, you know yeah. it's the it's the it's the making of like the little the cream sugar flour things that you're putting on your cake or um you know that's the piping i like i like uh i like the phrase para baking that is that is a good description i, for what I just doing. i just pulled that one off the top of my yeah. head literally mm. <laughs> um yeah so yeah so james everyone's... actually had a really good cake uh Everyone except James did not put enough uh, coffee soak into their uh, into That's their sponge. Right. Yeah, um, I think they were a little, a little afraid. Yeah, of putting too much in. But he yeah. says at the beginning of the challenge that he's actually tasted an opera cake. Right, right, he did. Yeah. So I think that he felt that he was on solid ground. Yeah. But that I mean that makes sense. How You're not that? gonna. I always feel like the technical challenges are, are are unfair. I know I know they're supposed to be really good bakers and they're supposed to be able to like just synthesize their knowledge and do it, but it's always like, oh, you didn't know that we were secretly judging you on exactly how much coffee liqueur you would put in your sponge, and this time it's too right. little. Right, or how much maple cream you've sandwiched in between your two shortbread yeah, cookies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why didn't you know that? Why didn't you know exactly how much of this to put in this recipe that we didn't tell you? Uh, yeah, no. So the results of the technical were uh, Vandana and Linda, then Sabrina, and then James won. Yeah. yeah. It looked really good. His looked really good. It did, yeah, it did. And it tasted good. Move on to the showstopper. Let's shall move we? on to the showstopper. What was the showstopper? Before it's midnight. Yeah, it was a cock and bush, a crunch in your mouth. I was uh, I was reading the <laughs> I was reading some of the descriptions of uh, croque embouches you can buy from French bakeries, and they're mm -hmm. uh, referred to as a piece monte or uh, mounted piece, which is <sighs> basically just sort of code for it's it's kind of decoration. Actually, that's right because the first appearance of a cockambouche in a in a cookbook is in Alexandre Viand, which I don't think that's his real last name. Maybe it's Viand. Uh, his 1806 Le Cuisinier, Le Cuisinier Imperial, so the Imperial Kitchen, and uh, he definitely made these for Napoleon, and they would be part of a banquet service. Right. So you would like look at them, but I don't know if you would actually dare to reach your fingers in. Right, you're not going to be the first one to take. To, you're like, not going to be the first pull, one. Pull no. a piece off of there. If you see somebody no. else getting in there, yeah. maybe. Yeah, if you see Napoleon go in, then fine, yeah. you go after him. But yeah. you don't. You're not the first person. That's right. Uh, today in France, they are uh, traditional for weddings and first communions and baptism parties. Uh, and you can get a little uh, a little topper based on whatever the event is. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it, like it's a little tree, and you can put a thing on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I didn't get a top on mine, unfortunately. No. You made no. a croquembouche this week. I yeah, it was my turn, and I made a croquembouche. And I have to say that the I was 
I was nervous, like I was saying before. I, you know, I there was no recipe specific. I didn't really know exactly what I was making. I knew it was a shoe. And there were recipes that I was looking at for shoes, but I, I thought, well, what if the croquembouche is like some special shoe or like I wanted the entire I wanted the entire thing to go right. step by step mm-hmm. because you also have to build this tower. And right, uh, so right. I, f- I found one online and I hate recipes online so mm-hmm. often I, I, I lose faith in them halfway through and this was no different. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I found one and um the shoe pastry was actually the easiest part. I was actually thrilled. Um, I used bread flour. Um, I, I I checked out Harold McGee's advice on making shoe, and he said use bread flour, not all-purpose flour, if you want a really light, crispy shoe. And mm. he said um, use more egg whites than egg yolks. And um, and he said, use water, not milk. And I, I followed his advice, which took me off of the path, of course, of the recipe that I was looking at online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a little panicky, but it actually really came through. It was really a pleasure to make once I relaxed. And I w- when I was piping them and I saw them go into the oven and then they came out and I they had puffed and they looked pretty good. I was pleased, and I was kind of got their sizing sorted out and pretty uniform. I was mm. I was actually feeling feeling pretty great. About how creme, many did you have? Um, I had probably thirty five. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I had a I had a lot. I didn't wind up using them all because I um, well, because of the disaster, I just gave up. Uh, and the and the creme pâtissier that I made was mm-hmm. actually really again I was pretty nervous about it because these are things in French that I'm not familiar with and I thought therefore I cannot do them you know I sort of talked my I had talked myself out of right yeah feeling confident about them but it actually was pretty 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 simple like the the creme patissia the sort of the fun part I was like stirring and stirring stirring over the heat and then like in an instant it thickened Uh in an instant and I thought oh no it's gonna curdle it's gonna turn into scrambled eggs and I, I took it off the heat and I was like whisking, whisking, whisking like crazy. And it was it was smooth and perfect. And I was like, well, oh, oh, my gosh, that was great. So I actually was, I mean, I was making fun of myself on Twitter when I was posting photos and commenting on my process. But like, I really did feel pretty good at the beginning. Yeah. When I was making that, I was <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm rocking this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the sugar part. And there was mm-hmm. no sugar drama on the show. I was really sitting there with my pen expecting like burnt sugar yeah yeah. but if but if you know you're making it ahead of time then that's the part that you can get right like you know what like they know they know that they're going to be doing those other challenges right right so like you don't know what you're doing when you're doing the technical challenge but you do know what you're doing when you're doing because you're submitting your recipes for the signature and the showstopper right so you know you're going to be doing the sponge sugar so you, you probably perfect it because that was the hard part because I um, really badly burnt my first um, saucepan of sugar Uh, yeah it turned black and smoking my daughter came downstairs just at the moment when it was supposed to turn amber (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she comes downstairs and she's you know she just woke up and she's crazy and I'm I'm like I have to deal with her and I turn around and it is smoking yeah yeah 
And so I, I, I kind of took it outside and I put it in the snow to get it to cool down so I could also get it out of the house because it was filling yeah, my that's, house Yeah, that's like a ghost. That's like you can't get rid of that. Uh, no, no. You, yeah. you, can, you can still smell it. Um, and I actually got lots of advice from folks on how to get the water out online. People on yeah. Twitter said, no, don't, it's, you know, don't panic. You don't have to throw the, the pot away. You can just put water in it and boil it and the sugar will start to melt. Yeah, I, I think uh, Baker cool. Corey got at you right away. LBR. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what was hilarious was watching, I put it on the pan, and these, like, like black smoke, like, instead of boiling, black smoke started to, like, bubble up from the bottom. <laughs> because there was such a tight seal of the candy oh, on the bottom. Right. Yeah. It started to, like, black smoke and kind of bubble up, and <laughs> I was, and then, like, it would burst and send like hot water everywhere so i was just like this is dangerous <laughs> i it, it, i did finally get it all sorted out it is it is clean it smells bad it's weird um my second one so I, I, obviously i went i went ahead and i did a second pot at first it was fine at first it was great it looked terrific and i got about halfway up i got halfway up my tower everything was working really well and then I noticed that it was starting to get my my pot my sugar was starting to get a bit thick mm -hmm. and I had read that you can just soften it up by putting it back on the pan sure I thought okay great so that's what I did and that's when everything got all frigged up <laughs> I don't know what happened but my sugar had like this white stuff in it. I don't know if it was the cream. Maybe if I'd like accidentally got some cream on it as I was putting the, the little croquembouches and I was like dipping them in. I don't know if I accidentally oh, yeah, got like some cream in or, or something. Just a little, yeah, a little bit of it. But it turned into like this crazy white, thick, grainy. It absolutely tasted like maple fudge. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's happened here? And that's, then that's, I just. That's the urban legend for where fudge comes from. You know that, right? <laughs> no, but oh but. yeah, no. They were trying to make they were trying to make some other like spun sugar candy, and like a batch went bad, and they they said fudge, and then they decided to call this thing fudge. Really? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> that that is really an urban legend. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Well, I can totally believe it because I was just sitting there. I was like, what is happening? I was, I didn't even notice. I was dripping, dripping it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. And then just like, what, what is this weird white stuff? What, why is there so much white stuff? Where did all this white stuff come from? Right. And I put it back on the stove again and I kept trying, and I tripped. No, you I can't go back. Trying, you can't go back. I kept fixing it worse and worse, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I just gave up because it wasn't even sticking anymore. So that was, I'm going to try again though. But how were your flavors? Oh, my flavors were so splendid. <laughs> they were great. No, I, I didn't do like fancy flavors. I just did like vanilla because I was really just focusing on trying to. What did they actually make it? Think? Oh my God, they ate the whole thing. Yeah, that oh, made well, them happy. Success. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pure yeah. Success. They were like, I was, uh, they thought I made donuts. <laughs> they were so excited. Were the. <laughs> Were the uh, was the shoe like a like a crawler or how did it taste? Uh, I mean, it wasn't the, it, it it wasn't a donut. It tastes it tastes really good. It's it's um it's really it's kind of mostly about the texture, kind of mm -hmm. like it's just it's very it's very light and dry on the outside. Um, you're putting cream into it, 
so it just it's like this nice little crispy it's a, shell. It's like a cream delivery system. It's a cream delivery system. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a sort of delightful little shell that you okay. pop into your mouth, and it goes, and then you've got a mouthful of lovely light, cool cream. Uh, how do our bakers make out with the croque-en-bouche? Um, let's see. Sabrina did a mousseline, which is yeah. not something I'd heard of before, which was a uh, flour-based filling, it seemed like. That's, it was, she put, yeah, she put flour in the cream, but it seemed like that was not, it was not successful with Bruno. You could apparently taste the flour a little bit still. Uh, I think yeah, Rochelle said Rachel she was saying, yeah, Rochelle. Yeah, you had to get up to 100 yeah. degrees to cook the flour, I guess. Which is really too bad, but that would have, yeah, would have been too bad. But she had like a whole vanilla, and it looked beautiful. Yes, yeah, for sure it did. Uh, Vandana had an orange pastry cream and mint chocolate uh, croque-en-bouche. Yeah, which I thought uh, it reminded me of. the, the All of the croque-en-bouche were sort of Christmas-themed. Mm-hmm. So yes. I thought hers was, was reminding me of like Terry's chocolate orange and some yeah. after eights and some like really nice holiday <sighs> candy flavors, and then chocolatey flavors. Linda did a mascarpone filling and she had these decorations and I don't know, were they white chocolate or marshmallow or do you know what they were? I, I, don't, I don't know. They were I don't know. I was wondering beautifully that, glossy. That they, they looked, I thought they kind of looked like marshmallows. Yeah, like they definitely looked like they had a they had a like she cut them out. Yeah, they had they, they had, had like a, a softness rough edge to them. It was very but... pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they looked. They also hers yep. looked really terrific. And, and James did a coconut cream with yep. nougatine stars. I didn't know what nougatine was. I had to look it up. It's uh, caramel with almond slices in it. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And uh, and he also the... and he also had he also had like a chocolate as well. Yes, right. There was like a chocolate ganache yeah, on some of them. Yeah, yeah. dip them in uh, in chocolate. Yeah. Which was a bit of a downfall, which uh, the chocolate kind of blew. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that I was, when I was making it, I was thinking about how, like, you have to cool everything down. Like, one of the reasons a lot of the bakers had a problem with their um, their their shoe their shoe not being fully cooked, Right. Yep. I think yeah, it was a problem for Sabrina and it was a problem for Vandana. Yeah. And and it, because you you got to move really fast, but like the recipes that I was looking at, they were suggesting that you keep them in for like a half an hour or even like let them cool like turn the oven off and let right. them dry in the oven. You don't have time to do that when no. you're from the show. I didn't have time to do it either. I was on the clock. So I was very sympathetic. I had to get everything done before my daughter woke up from her nap. So. Right. Right. I was under the pr- I was under the gun. That's a that's an even more real uh, real clock than they were dealing with. <laughs> Linda said something funny. She uh, I think it was about the croque-en-bouche. She said she she doesn't really know this one. She only makes a shoe pastry once in a while. Which I thought was very uh, a very Linda thing to say. Yep. Uh, and at the end of the day, she uh, she was our star baker. Uh, final star baker before the finale. Yeah, she had a and very elegant looking, very yeah, elegant did, looking croquet. It did look, it did look really good, and uh, and we lost James. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
um, his, I mean, he ran out of time and it just, it wasn't very elegant looking. He had a problem with like his hot sugar and his chocolate yeah. was melting all over the place. And... Had to borrow a cup of caramel from his neighbor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which was amazing. Um, yeah. And he was very lucky to get that cup of caramel from Vandana. Uh, thanks for listening to episode seven of the Bake Canadian Takeoff. You can find us online at BakeCanadian.com, on Twitter at BakeCanadian, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BakeCanadian. Our theme music is Dog Politics off the album Mood Music for the Apocalypse by Elvis Harry. If you enjoy the show, you can tell a friend, share the link, or leave a review for us on iTunes. Bye. Or whatever you like. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 So we're on right. the second last episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm really pleased with the way this podcast is going, but I feel like we got to get our numbers up. Uh, how, how do you think we should do that? Well, I think we should try and drum up some controversy, Liz. <laughs> um... Um, well, what if we just like, what if we say some like just controversial things? Like what if I say a controversial thing and then you say a controversial thing and we'll go back and forth like that. Okay. So how does this work? Uh, okay. So I'm going to say something controversial and then you say something controversial and then we'll go to a, uh, a lightning round. Okay. Okay. I think that margarine is better than butter. So then I, okay. Butter tart should only be made with raisins people die hard is, is not actually a christmas movie it just takes place during christmas time bacon is a bit overrated it's it's time has passed it's and also you know what pulled pork it's just wet meat the harry potter books are children's books for children cylinder's okay the jazz is a reasonable name for a basketball squad from utah you know what? You always remember what they're called. That's true. Okay, let's so, do a lightning round. It works. Okay, so I'm gonna say uh, I'm okay. gonna say a, a thing, and then you say the best kind of that thing, and then you say a thing, and I'll say the best kind of that thing. Okay, strictly like we're trying to be as controversial as, as possible. controversial as possible. Yeah. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, candy. Um, 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 those little purple squares that taste like so. Oh, thrills. Oh, okay. Thrills, yes. Yeah. Okay. Pizza. Detroit pan style. Kind of pizza. Actually, Hawaiian. Okay. Beer. Beer. What kind of beer? Uh, wheat. Salad dressing. Oh, Thousand Island for sure. Also, Thai, Catalina. Okay. Kind of salad. Garden. <laughs> What's the best dessert? Birthday cake from the grocery store. Ooh. Sandwich. Hot dog. <laughs> What's the best band? <laughs> Ever? Yeah. ZZ Top. Uh, candy Bar. Almond Joy. It's the best professional sports team. Oh. Um, the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Uh, potato chip flavor? Uh, sour cream and onion. What's the oh, best sport? So, so wait, 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 oh, wait, yep, wait, wait. Wrong. Because okay. it's roast chicken chips. Mm. That is the best. Hmm. You can only get it in the Maritimes. What's the best sport? Oh, 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 Hurley. 
Hurley. It's like lacrosse, but Irish. Uh, novel. Uh, fifth Business by Robertson Davies. What's the best side dish? Um, okay, best side dish. Uh, is a casserole a side dish? Yeah. Then, um, then any casserole is the best side dish, but a, a green bean casserole is the best with tuna and chips. Uh, best cheese? Uh, the best cheese is mild cheddar. What is the best steak doneness? I think it's well done. Mm-hmm. And the reason why well done, because I like to say to a waiter, well done. Hmm. Pet? Best pet is a cat. What's the best religion? 